sure that we just keep going if you want to freestyle. I'm not that good. And welcome back to another episode of the Dude from Los Angeles podcast. Today, in the outdoor studio of, uh, you know, the back patio of El Café, Primera Taza. Uh, what's up, man? What's going on, bro? Yo, we got for each other me, man. Here. Yeah, no, dude, we, we've been trying to get together for a while and just, you yeah. know, time didn't add up. And then it's like, hey, how about tomorrow? Yes, <laughs> so you're I got like, the whim and it just worked out. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, introduce yourself to everybody who you uh, are. Yeah, my name is Chris Driscoll. Um, I'm a cook and just been around for quite some time, I guess, since what? I would say 2013. 2013. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what, what kind of got your start? Uh, what got my start? Culinary arts, right? The, yeah, exactly. Uh, back in 98, I did oh, kind up. of enroll. In the Cordon Bleu. Right there. There you go. Yeah, thank you. There you go. In the Cordon Bleu in Pasadena. I Uh went to go and check it out, filled all the paperwork, went to a couple of classes, Mm -hmm. and I said, wait a minute. All I could do is just get the books, study them, and do it at home (laughs) rather than paying all that money back. It's a lot of money. It's a grip of money. How much money is it? Like I've heard, is it like 30? At least that, dude. I yeah. think it was more. It yeah. was more. It was such a high number. Like I completely blocked that out of my mind. Uh-huh. I was just like, no way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna... So then you just figured, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and just take the classes without actually taking the classes. Correct. No way. Yeah, I just ended up buying the books. How much are the books? They're about one twenty back in the day. Oh yeah. Yeah, one twenty. Yeah. Regular textbook, right? Yeah. Oh, shoot. Yeah, then, then I later on got the uh, CIA book, which was way better, so I decided to stick with that. Dang, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. That's a way, and then you, you just went full on, like, you know, cooking at home kind of a deal? Well, I actually started in high school. I started as a dishwasher, then server over at Mimi's Cafe in the Woodwood Mall area. I, I know Mimi's Cafe. Yeah, yeah. dude. Yeah, okay. see, their French onion soup's pretty bomb. Uh-huh. I crave it every once in a while, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it was kind of cool. I mean... Growing up, and my family was a lot of good, you know, cooks. My aunts, grandma, grandpas, and stuff like that. So, But those recipes kind of stayed within the family. And every time, every Christmas, making the tamales, you know. So that was always kind of like a tradition. And Mm -hmm. I kind of stuck with that just by observing, paying attention to details, Uh you know, making the tortillas and stuff, watching them do, do that every holiday. So it was kind of like... Okay, you know, I, I love the way it tastes, and I just kind of kept my distance because it was more traditional for them. And plus, you know, um, back then I don't think men made the tortillas. You know, that's a big the... thing, man. Yeah, I still get yelled at like at home. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. hey, sit down, sit down. I'll, I'll I'll warm them up for you. It's like I got this. You know, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that those traditions are, you know, I respect them to the utmost. But sometimes, you know. You, when later on, when the when, when the elders of the family were getting sick, you know, yeah. you had to switch roles. Yeah, and you know, we cooked for them and followed their recipes, and you know, kept those those traditions alive. Especially with the new generations of you know my cousins and you know my cousins having babies, so it's just like what you know. So oh, so it was kind of cool, man. You yeah. know, just keeping on those those traditions and everything. And as I was growing up, I from let's see here from Mimi's Cafe, I went working uh, <clears throat> at a barbecue spot. From what yeah. barbecue spot? It was called Allen's Takeout, and that was okay. also in Uptown Whittier. Oh yeah, that was a little nice establishment. It was short lived, unfortunately, but it was pretty good. Okay. Yeah, and then before that, I was working at Whole Foods, and Whole Foods was the place that opened up my mind. 
because before before I was just like, okay, you know, typical vegetables, only one species of mushrooms that I oh, thought yeah. existed. Yeah. Until when I worked in the produce it, it, department, it was like the white ones or the brown ones. Yeah, the right? crimney. Yeah. <laughs> And then I noticed, I'm like, what wood ear? First, I thought they said wood ear. Uh-huh. I'm like, what wood ear mushrooms? But it was wood ear, ear. mushrooms. Right. Shiitake, maitake, cordyceps, like all these just exotic mushrooms. I was just like blown away. And then going from different species of avocado. Have you ever oh, Have you ever held a Reed's avocado? No, I don't know what's a Reed. What's a Reed? Dude, it's like holding a like a football. Really? Yeah, dude, these things are huge, man. But is it is it soft? It's very soft, more it's... more creamy, buttery. Oh, it, they're just the best avocado. What avocados. is it like $10 an avocado? Cuz it's already <laughs> yeah, like 4 bucks. But now it is. You know, probably yeah. say like, what, 1 for 6 or something. Yeah, they were substantially sense. expensive. And then uh, I tried durian. Durian is a oh, yeah, very durian. interesting so sulfuric, you know, oh, smelling durian, like dude. My my college roommate used to have durian. He used to open up the fridge. Oh and no like, way! What died in here? Yeah, there was. It was bad, you know. We had to like make sure that they were wrapped and everything because for some reason it's a very. Uh, I mean, it's okay. Yeah, yeah. But I'd rather use the dried version. There's a dried uh-huh. that gets dried, and you could just shave it. Uh-huh. And the essence is there, but. It's more tolerable and acceptable. Really? Yeah. You, oh. Yeah, you get that yeah. at uh, you know various different uh, Asian markets. My yeah. favorite is H Mart. H Mart's yeah. like the Asian Whole Foods. Dude, H Mart's got everything. Right? Everything you could find like a uh, like a Dungeness crab in a dungeon. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. Know, still in its dungeon that they brought up. Yeah, yeah. Like they have like a mock up dungeon where they just put them in there. They just yeah. bring them out. Have you ever been to like Little Tokyo Market down down here on Third Street? You know, I was just at Lux Seafood this morning, oh, okay. and they told me to go there. And Dude, I was just like, so that's my homework assignment after this podcast. To oh, be honest for real? With you. Yeah. You so. want to go, man? I got so to go there too. Dude, let's do it, dude. Yeah, that'll work. That'll Abs- work. But it's, they got everything. Like, they got a food court that's insane. They got like uh, those buckwheat noodles from like North Korea type deal. And of course, it's like Mexicans making everything, but. Yeah, it, <laughs> yeah it's, yes, it's exactly. Not, you know, it's, oh, it's you actually know, pretty that, good. That brings me back to where I was. This was a form of enlightenment. Uh-huh. I said, you go to culinary school all you want. But you always will be outcooked by a Mexican. Yeah. You know, and I love it. You know, I like that. You know, I mean, if you take a couple of steps back, that's their hustle. That's where their essence of emanates from. Because when, when I was growing up, these guys would just walk circles around me everywhere uh-huh. in the back of the house, chopping onions, doing everything. And then I started to pay attention. It's like they have a flow about them a flow of con- continuous just energy just the knife skills were impeccable their speed they had their setup and this was way back in the late 90s uh-huh. this is from like uh when i was in high school working at mimi's cafe just like what uh-huh. like just beasts yeah. so i just understood that they they have something they're hardwired into just doing the best they can and just making it happen. I think that's probably why the majority of them are in the back of the house at major establishments throughout Los Angeles and even San Diego, everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. I had an uncle that went to go work at a, at a restaurant in Oregon, you know, and it wasn't even a great restaurant. It was just the place that had a job, you know, uh-huh. and it's and he was out there and making hash browns and stuff, but his hash browns are still so legit. <laughs> dude, right? They did still, have, yeah. Hash browns? Hard, yeah. hard to beat that guy. Hey, hash browns are my weakness, dude. For real, for real. Great hash browns. I mean, have you seen uh, the movie Chef with uh, yeah. John Favreau? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That hash brown scene was a life changer for me. I'm like, you know what? 
I'm going to make me some hash browns tomorrow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it really planted the yeah. seed of desire to really just make that nice golden crisp where that skillet is just at the perfect temperature. And then when you lift it up, it's just nothing but beauty, dude. Yeah, it's just gold, man. <laughs> yes, just golden. Dude, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, you, you have like, you work at a bunch of different spots, right? Yes. You are probably the only person that's, you know, you definitely are the only person that's ever come to this podcast and worried about their their uh, their oysters in their car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, dude. They're it's like, like, hey, man, I, I, gotta, I gotta leave them out because, you know, yeah. they're gonna get too hot in the car. And, you know, they're on ice, but geez. That's yeah, it's like, the, yeah, there's people who, oh, my, no pun intended, but they don't want to have, they leave their kids in the hot car. Yeah. I want to leave my baby oysters in yeah, the They're no. kumi eyes, bro. You don't leave kumi eyes. In there, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I just came back from from uh, Lux Seafood. Okay, yeah, they're really good, man. I have some. I mean, since they're being taken care of over there outside, yeah. Well, we'll chuck some, dude. Oh hell yeah, yeah man, for sure, dude. Hell yeah, it's like, oh, dude, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So, oh, and uh, yeah, about me and and yeah, how man. I've worked. I've worked with. I'm actually, you know what? I've been blessed to work with a lot of very talented chefs since I've started cooking. And still, I kind of feel like I'm a white belt in the culinary dojo, still learning, still continuously understanding, being guided by people. Yeah. And uh, my grandfather's always told me, and I actually put it on my um, Instagram quote, that the minute that you think you know everything is the second that you know nothing. Right. So I kind of applied that, saying that you're, I mean, we're human. We're perpetually learning. We're going to learn until, obviously, our last breath on earth. So having said that... All the chefs that I've worked with, I've learned to adapt their their style, their discipline, their ways of how to control the flow of a kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's diff- there's the same pattern, but there's a different approach to it. So you have people who are understanding about the significance of prepping, the times of prep, and they have that foresight of what elements and what food gets used, you know, more so they they're just able to balance and then food costs all this other stuff i mean they're basically wizards you know right. honing in different uh areas of understanding of it's like they're they're observing the chessboard and each pawn or each person or each station whoever the rook is in their kitchen uh-huh. knows how to utilize how the rook moves on the straightaway, on the left to right, up and down. Uh-huh. The bishops to cut the line. I think the bishops are like the butchers cutting everything, everything, filleting everything. You know, and the pawns are just the ones that just rush. They're just the ones working the line, putting everything together. So it's pretty cool, man. It's like a, I believe the kitchen's like a living organism. And if the chefs that understand that keep it that way, that's those are the ones that last the longest, I believe. Right. Yeah. Right. So you've hanging out with these like top name chefs and stuff, right? Because you were you were out there cooking with like Javier Plasencias, people like that. Right? Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. Very blessed. Uh, also with uh, um, how I how I first started, I started working with Chef Denise Portillo. She was the one that kind of believed in me, alongside with uh, Chef Daniel Salcedo of Flight, and now mm-hmm. he's doing his own thing. And after that, working with uh, Chef. Uh, <clears throat> Aaron, sorry about that. Aaron Perez of Vodka Burgers. Vodka, man. Yeah. Where, where, yeah, I saw that you had that, dude. So when were you working with him? I was working him, working with him in the transition from the truck. moving from the last months of Boyle Heights to Whittier. Oh, okay. Yeah. Last months at Ramirez. Yeah, last and, months then, of that, and, then and then the to transfer Whittier. to Whittier, yeah. Oh, snap. 
That was pretty cool, man. Dude, that Brie burger, man, was always a freaking That's hitter. That's actually one of my favorite ones, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, so much Brie. <laughs> yeah, so much, yeah, exactly. So much Brie, and it always smelled good, especially when they're at Ramirez. They used to share, like, the uh, the walk-in space with the, uh, with the beer exactly. cellar yeah. area. And I used to go into the beer area and... And just smell, you know? Yes. And just look at, like, the fresh butter lettuce or something like that that's hanging on the other side. Oh, yeah. It was butter lettuce. I can't yeah, just butter lettuce, like, for sure. It was always butter lettuce. Always okay, butter yeah, lettuce. Yeah, but definitely all the brie. I was like, man, if I snuck some at you know? Yeah, you know, you probably got away with it. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, it was pretty cool. And then uh, this year, I'm trying to figure out, man, because I've worked with quite a bit of them. After I worked with Aaron, I worked with... Uh, Chef uh, Daniel Salcedo, and that was over at mm-hmm. City's Restaurant. That was over in East LA off of oh, yeah. Cesar Chavez yep. and uh, what is that street? Ford. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ford. Chavez and Ford. Yeah. It's a place or, you got to wear shoes to go in. Yeah. Like nice shoes. Yes. Yeah. Or with those little metal tips like back in the late 90s. It smelled really? like car. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. Noir. <laughs> yep. Or cool water. That's the one. <laughs> with the rayon shirts with the black polka dots or, or white polka dots, whatever it's an mood interesting, you wear. It's an interesting, yeah, space. It, yes. It's a very, I like that. It's very like, diplomatically not, put. Not even places in, in Beverly Hills, like, you know, are so militant with their attire. But Yes. Dude, yeah. It was, yeah. It's a very interesting spot. It was pretty cool. Cool. I met a lot of pretty cool people there. So, yeah, it was okay. nice. The Cooking the food there was pretty good, too, man. I liked it. It was a lot of good stuff there. You know, the good uh, – he made an ahi taco on a on a uh, jicama tortilla. Damn. That was pretty cool. Very innovative. That was the first time I've seen that. Yeah. You know, so it was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it was awesome. And then after that, that's when I worked with uh, Wes Avila. Yeah, that's when you came over here to Gorilla Taco. Yes, and I staged over at the truck, and he made me open up and DC two cases of pomegranates. Here. Oh, my God. I want you to open this and... uh, you know, deceit all these pomegranates. How you deceit? Oh, okay. Yeah, deceiting them. Yeah. You know, and my friend Elmer, he was the one that was getting me. He's been actually wanting to get me on the truck five years prior. Damn. And just back then, I was just so busy. I was actually, during that time, that five years ago, I think that was 2008 mm-hmm. or whatnot or whenever. No, 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 no. That was not 2008. I think that was 2011 or 12. That was, I think, right. I, I could be wrong with the, with the time frame. But I was just going through through quite a, quite a bit, so I couldn't really do that until when I said, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to go and stage with them. Mm-hmm. And after I did the uh, two cases of pomegranates, deceiving them, it was all right, cool. And after that, I ended up going, seeing how it is, doing the prep, and then I eventually came the driver of the truck, set up the line, and it was pretty cool, man. It was nice. It was a very, very interesting experience. Uh, Wes is extremely innovative. He's his approach is very sharp. Because to me, I was very intimidated by him because yeah. he only spoke when spoken to and only answered when questioned. Oh shoot! Yeah, so it's like whoa. And then I know as I knew him, that look is just the look. You know, like he just has like that intimidating like. Like, the only thing that's missing is, like, that growl, like, the, yeah. you know? <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's a really, really cool guy. But he only shows you once. Uh. Yeah, because he showed me how to fabricate a duck, octopus, all this other stuff, and um, the soft-shell blue crabs. And, yeah, he only showed me one time, and I was smart enough where I was able to just pull out my camera and just videotape it. That's so it's move. archived. Yeah, that's a great move. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Show me once, but, damn, I'm, I'm videotaping yes, this. Yes, and I just I'm, said, I'm, okay, one time. Yeah. 
Huh. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. And then uh, I had I had a little issue with my former wife. My mother in law ended up having a heart attack. Whoa! And I, she needed more atten- attention uh-huh. and stuff to uh, for me to take her to her appointments. You know, take her to go or or pick up her stuff. You know, her uh, medicine, take her to her therapy. So I had to. Uh, as much as it hurt, I had to stop my employment there. And as I was going through those struggles, a good friend of mine, Chef Hugo Miranda, who's now the head chef over at uh, the Hilton in Glendale. Oh, snap. He was the head chef over at the Doubletree in Norwalk. So we got wind of it, and he says, hey, man, so I understand that, you know, you're not working in Guria, but um, I'll offer you a job. You could be a kitchen supervisor. Hmm. And I was able to do that for a while. And that really, really helped me out. That's awesome, man. Yeah, that's awesome. And that, that's kind of get the that's kind of the feeling I got. You know that you guys are like hired guns, right? You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's actually <laughs> freaking type chefs that that go around like, oh, you got a job over here? Hell yeah, you yeah. Know, I got I got so many hours, but here here you go. You you know what? That's crazy because I know from the outside observer, they might look at my uh, track records if it seems like I'm, um, you know, kind of. Uh, Fragmented, but in a way, there's a there's a meaning and a and a story behind how things are unfolding, and when <clears throat> all this stuff started to happen, because you know it's life. Life continues to happen, yeah. whether you like it or not, and you either got to go with the punches, or you could either become a recluse and not do anything at all. So I just decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to fight through this. Let's go. Let's find out. Uh, you know, let's let's see what's on the other side. Yeah, and having. Doing that, um, I met Estras Ochoa through Getia Tacos, and I kept, uh, you know, communication with him on Instagram, and he, out of literally, I believe, thousands of people in Los Angeles, selected me to help him alongside some of his private, you know, festivals and private dinners, and I'm just like, wow, I was completely blown away and humbled by that, and you know, it's it's kind of hard because you can never perceive yourself through the eyes of the other when it comes to your your work and your line of, of discipline. But he had some really encouraging words. He's like, hey, man, he's like, no, dude. Like, I'm over here giving him words of encouragement. And at the same time, he's like, no, no, man, dude. He's like, oh, it's people like you, you know, that, that make me stronger. And and it's it's like, you got to understand your potential. And in a way, you got to kind of like relax and and think about, who you are as an individual it doesn't have to be just cooking it could be like you doing your podcast it could be anybody any any one of your listeners whatever whatever trade they're in whatever skill they have whatever it is they're doing if they could just hone in and tap into that source i mean of certainty of what they do and and rekindle that desire to make them start it mm-hmm. and continue it the possibilities are endless, dude. So that's that's what I kind of got out of all that. Is definitely, to, yeah, definitely, man. Because yeah, you don't know where things are gonna go, right? You just kind of put your put your head down and just keep going. <laughs> Before you know it, you're like picked by this badass chef to work his line. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly, dude. Well, just put it this way. Here's a good example. He gave me a call. He's like, dude. I go. We have a private dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a paid event, um, but it's you know, it's a very very you know. Uh, private individual. Now I could say it because this is one of the most funniest and craziest nights of my life. Dick st- Cheney. No, not Dick <laughs> Cheney. It was a gentleman who I didn't know until he kind of filled me in. Uh, do you know uh, Sean Parker? Sean Parker. Sean Parker. 
Man, no. Okay, Sean Parker, I believe, okay, and it could be wrong, but um, hopefully, you know, uh, the creator of Napster and co-owner of Facebook, he's a gentleman Uh. that uh, Justin Timberlake played on social media. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was was the other guy. Yes, yes. And then knowing how Justin Timberlake played him, when I met him in real life, he got him spot on, dude. Oh, yes. He's like, oh, that's fucking JT. Yeah, yeah. So... I went to his, his, his house, Sean Parker's house, like at 6.30 in the morning. SRS was still out of town driving in from some sort of camping. And I had no idea what to do because the house was so big. I mean, this was the, the first, like, big, like, I don't know. I don't even know how much this house cost. Yeah. But it was epic, dude. I had to yeah. go in through security gate. Oh, what the fuck? I had to sign a non-disclosure. Yeah. You know, sign and stuff. And. But now secured. you can say it? Well, yeah. Well, well yeah. Well, because oh. it's, you know, it, I don't have any photos. There's oh, okay. no photos or anything like yeah. that. Allegedly Sean Parker. Allegedly. Yeah. Sean Parker. Yeah. So he didn't show up until about the mid-afternoon. We had no idea where the fillets were, the Wagyu, uh, the turbo fish, until about 9 o'clock. And I had to braise everything and, and oh. marinate. I had to do all that. And I managed to, you know, do everything. And then right when he got there... Estras just barely made it there about a half hour or two. Everything was going. Everything was going good. Everything was perfect. And then the menu was changed on us like every 15 minutes or every five seconds. Well, what about this? You know, blah, 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 you know, cool. And it was like really, I mean, I've, there needs to be a cooking show where they do this the way he, he did for uh, me and uh, Estras because it was really awesome. Everything was there. You know, I think he got... Um, there's this wonderful cheese that he got. There's a cheese of Bever- cheese store of Beverly Hills, I think. Uh-huh. And, dude, I have never tasted. This is going to slingshot back to Brie. Okay. This Brie was unbelievable. The Brie was good. Oh, dude, it was unearthly Brie. Huh. Like, yeah. Yeah, literally no one says that, huh? It's just like, huh, it's fucking Brie. It's yeah. Like saying cream cheese is amazing, right? <laughs> it's like the French cream cheese. Well, I don't know. Maybe we should do a poll. I mean, I mean, Brie is no joke, dude. I mean, oh, it's not. I mean, it's delicious. Yeah, for You for could sure. get it by itself. Yeah. Yeah, get a cracker, maybe some bread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or just, just a spoon. A, just a spoon. Wow. That's... Like a big spoon. That's like what drunk French people do, right? When they get home, they just eat half a wheel. You could, you wake I, up all swollen and shit. Like, oh, it's too much dairy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. And uh, there was, okay, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were working, uh, he had his little bar, his bartender that was there. He had some gas and everything. That, that I can't disclose. And uh, the thing that was cool. Rihanna. No. No. <laughs> uh, we, we, were, we had a frying oil to fry steak fries. You know, for for his guest, and Sean was there, and he's like, "Yeah, man, we're, he he wanted to do a, uh, a gin cured dill salmon, oh. which was really good. Yeah. But the process that we tried to do before didn't really pan out too good because no pun intended. No, not at, oh no, but it was yeah. it ended up being a very good science experiment in real time, and this is what happened." he misinterpreted he being the bartender when Sean says I want you to put the gin in here which he had a rack just above where the frying oil was yeah so he poured the 100% gin inside of the frying oil and it must have been the biggest backdraft I've ever seen in my life oh yeah it went completely up all the way into the ceiling 
started the fire alarm. Luckily, the sprinklers didn't turn on because it would have been catastrophic. And as soon as that happened, somehow Sean maintained his poise. I was just like, whoa. Like, me, me and Esther just jumped like seven feet away. And we're like, what? Because the, the heat was pretty intense. But I was thinking, imagine if that was not gin and it was water. Oh, that would have yeah. been a different right. reaction. Scolding. Yes, yeah. because the gin just burned right away because all the alcohol just, boom, mm. it was just real quick. But if it was water, man, it would have been more devastating, huh. I think. It was pretty crazy, dude. And uh, actually, it was kind of cool because when Sean was looking at the, the pattern that the smoke left behind, he's like, man, maybe I should... Uh, just get an artist and paint over it. That's hilarious. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, it was, it was pretty cool, man. It was, you know, it was, it got us, you know, got our heart pumping. Mm-hmm. And then everything went back to normal. Everyone, you know, came back to their senses and just continued going. And it was, it was nice. It was a really good experience. Yeah, it was ended up from 6 in the morning to almost 2.30 in the morning. Jeez. Yeah. Just cooking. Cooking. Cooking, cooking, cooking. Damn. Do they yeah. pay you by the hour at that point, or is it just the general flat? That was that was, the, that was undisclosed yeah. uh, amount. That was, that's when but, you get an envelope, and you're like, hell yeah. yeah. Like, hey, this is thick here. I like it's that. Thick as fuck. There's no ones in here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I'm like, I kind of, okay. luckily, I know how to go, to go through customs. Right. Yeah, right. but it was really cool. But the thing that kind of got me is that, you know, I don't know. I'm speaking for myself here. But when I'm in my daily living, I have this, like, subconscious observer that has this dialogue as I'm doing things. Yeah. And I'm just, and that little voice in my head is like, dude, look at this, Chris. He has, he has like, 12 of the signs of the Chinese Zodiac gold-plated in his backyard. Uh-huh. Like, if he killed all the Zodiacs and, like, has their heads dipped in gold, dude. Uh-huh. And it's freaking bad, dude. It's, like, bad. It's, like, reminds me of, remember uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Yeah. When Indy was trying to go and Exchange the the, the the little sandbag for the for that golden you know treasure. Uh-huh. Yeah, they looked exactly like that. But it was so awesome. And as I'm thinking, I'm like, dude, this guy he's he's like made it. It's like he's like at the level, you know, and all kinds of wonderful uh, paintings. Uh, he has. Uh, Wait, who has these? Mr. Parker. Parker. Oh yeah. Yeah, dude, and he has um, gotta get stupid shit, man. If dude, you're rich as yeah, hell. bro. He had a he had a hang drum. I was looking at his hang drum. Hang drum is a really nice. It's almost like an inverted steel drum that uh-huh. just plays really good. I mean, I actually I play uh, djembe and shiko and all these these different uh, African percussion instruments. Really, and uh, that thing right there is just the toy to have. That's it the adds one. so much to your ensemble, man. Huh. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. It was, it was it was good, and then just seeing everything, and then his interaction. I mean, the way he talks, I guess when you're at that level of consciousness where you're just like, you have to cut through the marrow quickly, mm-hmm. you know, because I think his, his way of filtration of working with people, I don't know, it's, it's hard. It's like seeing all these people that are on this high level of, you know, financial grounding and these, this level of success, I think, brings someone to that point where you have to be. You have to protect your assets, protect your ideas. He's very, he was very selective, and I was paying attention to that. Yeah. So if anything, I got, you know, I got some of that information. Just kind of like, okay, now I'm next. Like, slingshotting back, like, aha. Now I know why Wes only speaks when spoken to and only answers when questioned. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it makes sense. Sometimes, you know, I think once you hit a certain level of popularity, too, you just get hit with so many questions from people, and then at some point you're just like, no, I just, I can't. I can't do this, and you just move away or... You know? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. gotta be it. And also, you you 
do buy weird stuff when you get some money. I have an uncle. I mean, they're not even that rich, but they got some money, and they bought like a gold-looking Jaguar for the <laughs> living room. Like it goes, you go in, it's on the it's on the table, and I don't know what else to do. You just look at the Jaguar, like this is it. What kind of particular stance was this Jaguar in? Oh, full prowl. <laughs> full, super prowl. On just the hunt. Just so people know. You right. know, you come in here. You came to the Jaguar house, you know? <laughs> nice. I don't know, man. It's so nice. dumb, silly. Hey, you know what? Yeah, my uncles, yeah, if they, if they had that money, they'd, they'd be doing something pretty gnarly with that. Like, right. Yeah, like they'd buy like the big golden, like golden. iron medallion. Like, you know, they get stuck in their chest hairs yeah. with the ruby eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen them. Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted one when I was younger. I might get one now. <laughs> right? I forgot about it until you brought it up. I know. That's like the the way, like you made the level of being a, a, a Theo, you know? Like, right. And then right. uh, they would always drink nothing but Bud Lights and Budweiser. Uh-huh. And I thought I was going to do that, but until I started to try IPAs. Oh, I'm on now. I can't go back to Budweiser or Bud Light. No way. I've been cured of my disease. You know yeah, what I mean? That's <laughs> what it is. You know, and then, and then that's the ultimate. Uh, you know, go around, and then you start getting into craft pilsners. Oh yeah, it's for just sure. The whole, you know. Yeah, man. Around. Okay, when uh-huh. when I first started, <laughs> well, I started drinking in high school as many so other of our <laughs> yes, you're not alone. So I graduated in '96. And 96 Gosh, is when... Where did you graduate from? I graduated from California High School in Whittier. Oh, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Cal, they got to they swap meet on the weekends now. <laughs> they do? Wow. See, I moved to La Puente, yeah. and I've kind of been out of the uh, Whittier, um, you know, the Whittier buzz. I mean, uh-huh. I am getting um, a lot of information from my Whittier on Instagram and Hungry and Whittier, and mm. there's a lot of good stuff. You know, there's going to be the, the Poet House. Oh. Created by uh, Chef uh, Ricardo Diaz. Right. Yeah, that's right, going to be right. a pretty good thing to do. Whittier's, Whittier's crazy coming up. Yeah. I mean, it's always been up, but now it's, it's got more things to do than just a sleepy, quiet town, right? Where people... Oh, yeah. There, yeah, the sleeper has, has awakened. You yeah. know what I mean? So like We want to party now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we finally got the hunch 12 years later. That's what Sorry for the delay. Too many old people lived out there, you know? Mm-hmm. You wanted your kids to go to a good school, you moved out to Whittier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I I started going to the school over in Lucerna, mm-hmm. but I got kicked out of Lucerna. Okay. Then I went to La Habra. I got kicked out of La Habra. As everybody does. Then I went to wow. Whittier High School. That was short-lived because uh, back in the day, I was an unlicensed pharmacist. Uh-huh. So when they kicked me out, they decided to say, hey, we're going to not only kick you out, we want to expand your, client, expand your clientele. And that's exactly what happened, because I was in the rave scene back oh, then. Oh, really? Yeah, so, you yeah, know, I would, yeah. um, I would, I have party favors, you know. Drugs, man. Yeah. It's all good. You yeah. can say drugs. <laughs> yeah. It's all good. LSD, shrooms, and, and marahoopa. All the other stuff really wasn't for me. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, and a larger sentence too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. So I ended up, uh, yeah, getting getting popped and, yeah, decided to uh, hang up my spurs on those endeavors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. But man. this is about drinking. So you're saying high school? High school. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Yeah. Wow. It's a relevant tangent. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had uh, Stones IPA. Yeah. Stones IPA because they they started in '96 and for there I was. That was a that was a life changer for me. Yeah, that's a I long. I said, "This is where it's gonna be. Like, this is where it's at." Because yeah. when I had an IP for the first time, I'm like, "Aha! This is what beer tastes like. Oh, yeah. This is what it's supposed to taste yeah. like." And then I tried different styles, different, um, you know, from the in the pilsner, uh, crispy pilsners. I love pilsners that are nice and crisp. Like my favorite one for right now. Have you ever had Lucky Buddha? Yeah, I had Lucky, Lucky Buddha. Lucky Buddha is so yeah. nice, clean, and crisp. That's a good you know? one. Yeah. 
And um, have you ever had like Timbo pills from Highland Park uh, in Chinatown? They 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 make one. It's kind of like a hoppy pilsner, but Timbo pills is like ugh, it's perfect. You know what? Seems like we're gonna have to embark on a little uh, mission I'll see after what this. Kind of time. See what kind of time I got? Maybe. Yeah, maybe we could just do a little <laughs> uh, take over. Take over our. Uh, Take over the Tuesday, man. Yes, dude. Yeah. And it is Taco Tuesday it as well. It is Taco Tuesday. Wow. No, no. Meanwhile, I got a burrito with me. Thank you, yes. Evil Cooks. Yes, Evil Cooks. Yes. I know, the right? burrito. I haven't gotten into it. That's crazy. But, yeah, the, that that's what led that journey of, of drinking. So even since 96, you were already just kind of thinking like, okay, I can't stick to the regular stuff. Let me go something crazy like an IPA. Correct. Same yeah. as the cooking. You're just like, you know, I, I'm going to. Boom, oh, yeah. You know what? Job. I'm glad you brought that up because at that time, that's when I was, you know, moving from place to place. There was a time where I was uh, homeless for nine months. That's when I had three jobs. That's when I was working at Whole Foods, wow. Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf, and Wells Fargo. Oh, and that was very interesting. I got fired from Wells Fargo for reversing too many overdraft fees. That's, dude, that's how they make their money. Yes, yeah. that is true. Yeah, and, and you're not a human there. You're a number. Yeah, you're a number yeah, with yeah. a number system. And if you do yeah. something wrong, there's a subtraction. Right. And then when it gets to zero, it's like, oh, sorry. You know, right. you're the numbers. You're at zero. We got to yeah. let you go. Yeah. I mean, Makes that's sense. just a system. Makes yeah. sense. <laughs> but uh, like, that's when I was able to go from different types of foods because Whole Foods opened up the door for all types of cuisines yeah. because I, I worked at various different departments. I worked at produce the grill station and the produce where they had a very good system. Say, for instance, you went inside Whole Foods and you you can't cook your dinner. You could buy your produce, buy your seafood or your steak. They could cook everything for you. So you bring all your dinner ready-made. No way. Yes. Yeah. I was do just they like, still do that? They still do that to this day. That's hilarious. Well, I think so. I mean, I would imagine because that's a good system. Yeah. Yeah, because I know they make a lot of pre-made meals and mm-hmm. stuff like that for people. Uh, you know, so the stations are crazy. Like Whole Foods downtown LA has got like the nuttiest system, right? It's just food upon food. Yeah, when you go to the Whole Foods in downtown, it's a system that will operate whether you like it or not. And if you're not in tune to that system, it'll eat you alive. Like oh, yeah. people are just, it's like the freeway still continues inside Somehow. Whole Foods. Just Somehow. like, yeah, for sure. And it spits out a pepperoni pizza. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, little, little. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> Pepperoni, Chinese stars going everywhere. Heck yeah, man. Yeah, so, I mean, it's... So, you, did you always have different things going on? Did, did that work in your favor when it kind of lent to, to this kind of profession where you're like, fuck, all right, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do that? You know, it ended up being like an emergency break glass survival tactic, you know, because how I started getting noticed in my hometown in Whittier is in 1999, I created a mango salsa. I'm not saying I created the mango uh-huh. salsa. I created a mango salsa on my birthday, July of 1999. And ever since then, I started to just sell it to people like, hey, man, you know that that salsa, dude? I'm having a potluck at my work. How much for this yeah. and this and that? Yeah. And then so on and so forth. Oh, we're having a tailgate party at Dodger Stadium. Mm-hmm. Boom. And then, so it started to grow. And I started to just, okay, well, let's go to the farmer's market on Wednesdays in Uptown Whittier and start selling it. And that's when it kept on going and going. And then right around that time, and this is what kind of is continuing to, to uh, make a very good imp- uh, impact on my life, is when I started to be a union carpenter. Oh. 
Yeah, I started becoming a union carpenter, Dang. doing fire stopping. Yeah. Fire stopping is a very interesting specialty trade in the union and construction scene. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example of what fire stopping is, is it works on phases one, two, three, and final stages of the construction development. You have your iron workers and your concrete, and yeah. you have you know your framers and everything. And you also have your different trades. You have your electricians, your plumbers, your HVAC, that when they go through wall-to-wall or floor-to-floor, they have what they call a fire-rated assembly. Hmm. So a drywall sheet will be like an hour rated. So if you have a what they call a through penetration, if there's a conduit, electrical conduit going through the through the wall, that fire rated system is now compromised because they have like an inner space where oxygen and air flow could go through. Uh-huh. So we have to apply a fire stop material. In this case we'll just use Hilti FS1. It's a very versatile um, <laughs> Uh, product and people that tune in are going like, "What the fuck?" I know, yeah, hey, yeah. but you know what? Hey, it's it's me. I'm sorry. This no, is no, the no, life. It's I, no, you it's know? great. It's great. Yeah. They probably just didn't think that they're going to hear HVAC at yeah. some point in this conversation when we start talking about food. That's awesome, man. Wait, That's you know, awesome. but I'm going to tie it right back in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go for it. Um, you know, it's to, it's to, well, actually it's to save the lives of people who are in the building because yeah. it prevents the fire from going from floor to floor, room to room, so it contains it there. And the reason why that's an hour rated wall is that it's going to take an hour for the fire to go into the other room. So it gives pro- uh, adequate time wow. for proper evacuation and yeah. for the fire department to go in and extinguish the fire. Awesome. Yeah. So that, and then now I'm almost journeyed out and I've been kind of off and on in the construction industry. Like yeah. I could have been journeyed out a long time ago, but. I don't. I only have about maybe five years total experience because I've gone from chef hat or cook hat to hard hat for so many, you know, years. So it's it's kind of cool. I mean, I love both trades respectfully. I love cooking, feeding people, and putting my ideas on 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 dishes, uh-huh. and then going out and saving the lives of students, hospital people, whatever it is. You know, it's. Yeah. It feels good, you know, and plus yeah, all the buildings good. that, like the W, the, the Wilshire uh-huh. Grant, I helped build, I helped do that. And that's going to be standing there way longer past my life, you know, so. Huh. So yeah. just, cre- is creativity just the, is that the end, like, for you, is it just, man, I just, I like to be creative and. Yeah, you know what, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy because um, growing up, whatever it was I was into, I was always into. Um, mm-hmm. Growing up, I loved Bollywood Films. Okay. I mean, I was just young. I mean, I'm, you know, young in high school, going to Venice, going to, you know, Redondo, and just, you know, going to raves, meeting people from different cities and stuff, and, you know, taking mind, expanding with reverence, though. You know, every time I did that, I was always, always had reverence in what I did. And seeing that we're all, I don't know, I, I do believe that creativity is like the the force, the flow, you know what I mean? Have you seen the movie Donnie Darko? Yeah. You yeah, know that yeah. little emanating worm <laughs> off the chest that comes out? Like, I believe we all have that. And sometimes when it tangles with other people, uh, a guy's, you know, with a girl's kind of essence, that's how, you know, matches are made or connections are made. You know, it's crazy, man. I mean, we're conscious individuals. And creativity, I believe, is the cohesiveness that keeps things moving, that keeps the desires, of, especially the, our... Our younger generations, I know a lot of people are shooting down our younger generations, but our younger generations are hardwired differently than what we were. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a, I'm a 70s baby. I'm 41, going to be 42. Holy shit, man. Yeah. 
You look pretty good for 41, bro. <laughs> Thank you, dude. I've seen some 41 year olds. I'm like, God damn. Oh, I don't have any kids, dude. Oh, yeah. That'll do it. That'll yeah. Do well, that's it. what yeah. everyone tells me. Ah, you don't drugs, have any kids. Probably, too. Huh? Dude. Hook me up if you got any more drugs. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no, like, no. I, I hung out my spurs, man. I'm sorry. Ah, I, only, I only indulge in the suds. Maybe the marahoopa, but since. Yeah. The but marahoopa. <laughs> or now, in this case, yeah, when it comes to smoking flour, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I cannot do. I cannot. I cannot do any of the. What is that? The the crazy material that they drop in. Oh, the wax. Oh, yeah. Wax attacks a different yeah. part of my brain, dude. Everybody, everybody. Oh, I shut. I shut down. It's just. It's. It's something else. Yeah, something I went into a form of stasis. Yeah, I've gone to a weed shop where, like, I was like, I could steal all the weed in here. Easily, because everybody's on wax. Like everybody's just falling over. <laughs> I'm like, this is. I'm gonna take the money. It's like walking into a Nas party. Just everyone's just oh, out. Nas is crazy <laughs> man. Nas is weird. But yeah, definitely. You know, man. I don't even know if we have that much time left. But well, let's let's wrap it up. I'm sorry, let's man. I went off up, on some relevant tangents. Hell you know? no, it was fucking exciting. Oh, that's awesome, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah dude. You, could, you could go all day, which is which is you know you make my job easier which is great oh man thank you man again yeah. i appreciate you uh, having me on here man oh, it's awesome and hey, come back come back we'll we'll do another one uh, you know with more time we'll, yeah, we'll for go sure. and uh, hopefully hit the uh, hit like the market and, and oh yeah dude you know, yeah i like it it's, it's kind of like a like a like a freestyle and i kind of like that you yeah. know yeah it's totally just mellow but dude thank you where can people catch you uh, on Instagram. Oh, on Instagram, um, my handle is the the Driscoll Kid. Uh-huh. It's T H E D R I S C O K I D. And um, depending on when this is going to be aired, I'll be at Mexico in a Bottle at La Plaza That's this right. this uh, Sunday, uh-huh. teaming up with uh, another tour of the force, uh, Alex Garcia of Evil Cooks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'll be doing like a Okinawan style uh, ceviche. That's so crazy. So it's going to be nice. Fucking yeah, I'm going to put a little man. bit of. Uh, uh, some of the styles of respected chefs that I work with, kind of like tipping my hat off to them. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I can't wait, man. I can't wait, you know? Yeah. It, yeah, I think it'll be up later after that, but, you know, uh, pe- people could just look you up. And yeah, yeah they if, they, if they follow me, I mean, I'll have uh, update information on my stories and yeah. on my post, and uh, I'm going to actually be teaming up pretty soon, and we might give away some tickets and I might be funneling through that on my Instagram. So okay. hopefully they could, you know, stay in tune that way. Oh, definitely, man. Definitely. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. This yeah, is a thank lot you of very fun. much, Sergio. Awesome. This, this is great, dude. We're going to eat some burritos and get fucking yeah. get, go- get going, man. Hopefully, and then some oysters. Yes, oysters. Cool me eyes, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for another episode. Catch you later. Peace. You guys, be about. Make it a good day.